0: i got to be straight up with you. We've been Poe. Not just poor. We can't even spell out the word. We, we've been Poe. <laughs> P-O-P-O. We have been Poe at times in our life. I'm going back to back when I just got out of school and got my first job, I lived in my car for two weeks because I didn't have enough money to find a place to live. To be fair, I lived in a Borrowed a car because I didn't have enough money to buy a car. I had, when I, when I moved to the town that I got my first job in, I had $35 to my name. And that had to last me until my first payday. To include room, to include food, to include everything else that you have going on. So, I've been pout. Alright? I helped... Well, I didn't help. I I put her through college. I'm going to wait till she stops messing around and getting all the crackling out of the way. Is it sad? I got tangled. Thanks okay. now. Um, I put her through college... When my take-home pay was $627 a month. And she brought home from a part-time job about 110 And
1: we remember the numbers some 30 years later, so that's telling you something. <laughs> we
0: was pow, And that includes, because of the fact that she had to drive to school, that includes two vehicles, insurance because um, I had to have a car for my, my job, include the house, that includes food, that includes everything. We were PO. So I know what PO is, and I can tell you this for sure. No matter how PO you are, you still have enough resources and enough money to do some prepping. And some we're going to describe prepping hmm? some important prepping. Very, very important prepping. And we're going to describe eight important preps, and we'll probably throw in a few more, but these are the, the eight we're, we're playing on. Eight important preps that you can do, even if you are too poor to have the last two letters in the word. Even if you pose. Like we were. So I'm Salty. I'm Spice. Welcome to the show, the big show, the largest, most important, and critically acclaimed show of any podcast that is recorded in our car. Actually, today's our truck in a in the big Silverado studio. <laughs> as we're off to the big town. We're off to Illinois. Illinois. It's the land, it's raining. So when it rains in Illinois, you know what it is? It's not the land of Lincoln. It's the land that's leaking. So we're off to, we're off to see the gem city today. Anyway, let's start talking about the eight things we have and run down that list and get some comments on it. So she's going to take is... the lead because she's got them written down and I'm driving. that
1: so. yeah. much is cheaper. In modern America, than high quality potable water. 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 And that's one of the things that is most often required, even in the short term, for lots of different kinds of emergencies. Yeah. Short term water interruptions.
0: Now we're going to be we're going to be honest with you. You can spend a lot of money doing water stuff. Oh yeah. That you don't need to. There are a couple of things that you do, however, need to do. One of which is to store water. Just get store some water out of your tap. That's all you need to do. You need to not
1: have any water interruption be an immediate emergency.
0: Right, because we're, we're all about... in At 3BY, beans, bullets, bandages, and you, we're all about water. And we're all about understanding not only water, but the fact that most water shortages that you will come across, the higher probability events that we prep for, along with the lower probability events, most water shortages or disruptions are going to be fairly short term. So you need to have some potable water just on hand, stored at all times. And it's not hard to get two-liter pop bottles. They work. They're not ideal. They're not what we would recommend if you have money that you could buy better containers. But if you po, You can use those and swap them out every year. Uh, Fill them up. Uh, Stick them
1: in the bottom of a cabinet somewhere. In the dark. Leave them for a year. Swap them out once a year. There you go. Got some water stored.
0: That was basically free. And they're, they're very, uh, easy to, to stack. They're very easy to store. You can stuff them behind the couch. You can stuff them about anywhere. So space is not that big of a critical issue with them. I would, we would recommend that when you do them, you take the, the, uh, as you get them, you take, and then you date them. Because there are things in that water, in that plastic that you really don't want leaching into the water. That's why you're just gonna want to date them. And they will actually sublime away over the years. Because yeah. they're, they, they're watertight and they're basically airtight. But there's only so airtight that they are. And you tell them the story about One that.
1: of our first preps, more when, than 10 years ago. When we was Paul. Yep. Collected some uh, milk jugs that had been washed out and uh, two liter water bottles. Filled them with water. Stuck them in a uh, spot underneath the basement steps. It's just a storage basin. It's an unfinished basement. So stuck them under there in case we ever needed them. I think we pulled out one or two, a time
0: or two over the years. Yeah, we did because we had, we had an issue. We had, yeah. I mean, the, the power went out, or the water went out. Uh, that's when they were doing the water mains. We They put in new water mains in our town, and uh, we had a lot of boil orders, and we just want to mess with it. So Yeah.
1: Rather than do the boil we just grabbed from stores but we never needed all of them that we had and uh, it's what 15 20 years probably oh i'd I'd say closer to 25 pretty soon after we got the house yeah so i was cleaning out some parts of the basement a couple weeks ago to put new (laughs) stores yeah came across some of those uh, bottles that we'd put under there so many ages ago and uh, some of them were completely dry the lids were still on they had just sublimed away through the threads a molecule at a time over the years and uh, the 20 years or whatever it was time gets away had been enough to uh, have them run dry some were low but still had some water in them i smelled it but didn't feel like drinking it, it smelled fine uh, it didn't have anything growing in it so yeah i'd swap them out every year you can even put a whole row on the row of them on the bottom of your closet where a lot of people put shoes and stuff like that Heck, you can just put your shoes on top of them. Yeah, cost you no extra space tall.
0: And you, this is a this is a prep that you'll be really glad that you have. And even, I mean, you say, "Well, I can't even afford pop." Well, don't you don't have to buy it? Just ask your coworkers or your friends or your family members or your church members. Say, "Hey, I'm working on a project, a crafts project." And it, yep. It's kind of a survivalism is a craft. Uh, I'm working on a crafts project. I need some two-liter bottles. I really don't care what kind they are, just as long as they're two-liter bottles. Does anybody have them? And I guarantee you, you'll have more of them than you'll want in a week. You can
1: do it with the single-serving pop bottles if you need to. Yeah, you can. I it's wouldn't just, keep them yeah, very long yeah, because they either. leach out faster. But you know, you need absolutely zero money to do that.
0: So, and one go. of your one of your first better preps once you get to be not ho, is better water containers. But what, you know, for right now, this is Poe. We're Poe. Yeah. So we're doing this. Okay. Um, is the filtration part of this or is it another one? Basic filtration
1: is part two. All right. Because first you lay in a short term stock, so you're not annoyed and frustrated and thirsty the first time you get water interruption or a boil order. Then you get some basic way to filter water, so if there is a boil, wa- boil order, or you're pulling water out of a nearby stream or whatever, I actually use them when hiking, you can uh, do basic filtration from an outside water source that's not necessarily potable to start with.
0: Okay, now we're going to stop, stop, stop the presses right here for a second and talk about a little bit about different types of of options you have here. Obviously we're talking about boiling water. Well the cheapest the cheapest way of you know purifying water, at least getting it ready to drink, is boiling it. I mean literally, you know, boiling water does solve a lot of ills. Not all of them. Boiling water will not make water perfectly safe to drink. It doesn't
1: take away inorganic toxins. Right. Like uh, lead poisoning. Right. But it removes everything alive.
0: Right. Now, basically, short-term boiling works pretty well. Basically. Uh, But it depends on your water and where you're getting it from. And, you know, if you're downstream of some mine tailings, probably not a good idea. And if you're, uh, (laughs) you know, had water interruption
1: because of a general service interruption, you might not have power either. So boiling might be more tricksy. Another way to purify water so that it is safe to drink for the same kinds of threats the boiling works for, most of them, is bleach. So once a year, you buy yourself a gallon of bleach and have it sitting around as a prep.
0: Right, and then you just use it up as, as time goes by. Yeah. You know, swap it out, buy a new gallon, set your old gallon, and then you use your the gallon of bleach you have on your laundry. like, you Or whatever else you use bleach for, cleaning or whatever. Make a, a little bit little bitty label on a piece of tape.
1: Tells you how much bleach to add to how much water to make it drinkable without being disgusting bleachy. Uh, Tape it onto the bleach bottle. Transfer it when you buy a new bottle of bleach. That's two bucks a year for a prep. That can make a very large volume of drinkable
0: water. Key point. Make sure when you buy bleach for this, it only has bleach in it. Some bleaches that they sell have other ingredients. You don't want that. You want the cheapo... Cheap, cheap, cheap bleach that has only bleach in
1: it—sodium hypochlorite, sodium hypochlorite, nothing else.
0: Okay, Um, there are also water filters, and we recommend having some. Now, this is a this is an area where I'm going to kind of go differently than some of the survival people will tell you, because I'm a much bigger fan of the Sawyer-style filter. Than I am of the life straw. I'm not a fan of life straws. And I'm not a fan of life straws for a particular reason. Life straws are wonderful, they're great, they're fantastic, as long as you're in a place that never freezes. They aren't built for being frozen after they've been used, they'll break. If they got water in them, the water expand. They so if you you know this is an important thing. If you've ever used a life life straw, you do not want it frozen. And where we live, I'm not going to want to prep something where I can't worry. You know, I have to worry about has this ever been frozen. So that's just a, uh, the Sawyer filters. they are various different kinds. They're usually $20, 25 bucks, but that's enough to filter water for a whole family. So the first step I would do in a filtration process is go to look for the Sawyer filter. And yeah, I know it's 20 bucks. A lot of people don't have that sitting around. But maybe, you know, put, about, put a couple bucks a week away, and, you know, in a month or two you can buy one. I mean, this is what we're talking about for low-dollar prepping. Yep. Yeah. As an aside, I actually owned that uh, domain for a while. I was the original... The uh, idea behind 3BY was going to be low-dollar prepping, because we've got a lot of ways you can prep for not much money. And then we've got a lot of uh, thoughts and experience with uh, cash living, no debt, that kind of stuff. So that's just an aside. So I, I don't own it anymore. I, I let it go because I w- went ahead with a 3BY concept instead. So it's yeah, just an aside. What's next on our list? Also, absolutely free, learning. Oh, best best prep you can do after water, but kind of kind of in conjunction with water because you got to learn about the water stuff. Is learning absolutely, and you do not need to spend a dime to do this. You you can go to the good prepper websites. We've got a list of several of them on our website of places that we recommend. I, I- recommend. Uh, Going to uh, websites that either concentrate on the kind of, of, of information I think you need to know for skill purposes, or I also like to go daily to a prepping amalgamator so I can see what's going on in the entire thing. So my favorite one of these by far is Prepper Website. I love the place. I go there every day. And you can pick and choose. It's kind of like a drudge report for prepping. You get to pick and choose. And all kinds of subjects across the board doesn't cost you a dime. As long as you have Internet access.
1: Libraries are still free.
0: Libraries are still free. Absolutely. And
1: you have free Internet access there.
0: And if you're looking for a place, I'll tell you something that every library in America has. I guarantee it. If you're looking for a place to start, look for the Foxfire series. The old Appalachian how-to series that was done by students back in the 60s. They, They talked to people who were the old... Billy's, basically. Ask them how they did stuff. The Foxfire series is amazing, and every library has it. It's a good place to start. won't cost you a dime. You can also get some very
1: useful tips for short-term kinds of emergencies just from the American Red Cross website.
0: Right. Now, I'll tell you another resource that a lot of people don't know is out there, but you'll have to check your own local library. I know our library has it, and if our library has it, we're in the middle of nowhere. Our library is a, not a tiny, big library. tiny little library. And our library has it, so I would say there's a good chance that yours does, too. A lot of libraries have uh, online books that you can check out for free for two or three weeks. And they have ebooks and they have a huge selection of, of books that are really good. You basically just go onto your, your phone, your tablet, whatever you got, You have to sign up with the library, of course. Use your library card. But you can go in there and find all kinds of books to read. They're very, very good. It doesn't cost you a dime. So it's another way, another good resource that that you can use.
1: And a companion piece, skills,
0: which is learning with practice, basically. Yeah. This is something, every time we go into skills, I always kind of get... Because I know this is something I've got to work on. I just don't have much time. Between all the projects I've got going on, I don't have enough time which I'm working on. I'm actually making some changes. But, you know, I I, I want to I want to make a point of emphasis in everything that we do. And we've talked about this on our podcast time and again, mostly with things like gardening and stuff like that. Uh, it doesn't matter what you have if you don't know how to use it. You can have the best tool set in the world, but if you don't know how to crack uh, uh, crack an engine, what is it going to do you? I mean, what good is it going to do you? If you don't know how to to disassemble something and, and repack bearings, why do you need a bearing kit? <laughs> you know? and if you do know how to do things you can often find a way
1: to get stuff done borrow equipment or things like that if necessary but actually knowing how to do things is a lot more rare than it used to be frankly
0: and it's really invaluable right this year this year one of my one of my new skills development is plant starting and some things are going well and some things are going badly which means he's learned some things i've learned some things i've <laughs> learned some things and of course we learned some cause things this, to be fair this year is not a typical year. We normally have these plants in the ground by now. But if we're looking at a freeze again tomorrow. I can't put tomatoes out when it's going to freeze. Our frost-free date, our last freeze date in where we live, was two days ago.
1: Average last Average, freeze date.
0: last freeze date.
1: But some years are worse than others. That's actually something I'm going to do a post on soon. I was thinking about that this morning.
0: Um, according to the one information of the skills I saw, you need to develop
1: yeah. is uh how to deal with the bad weather situations when you're trying to grow food because if something bad happens to my garden this year it's probably no big deal because i can just go buy food if i need to but i need to have the skills so i'm trying some things with this freeze that came up the first of my plants are coming up i'm doing some experiments on those things to see if i can keep them alive through this freeze so in the future, I actually know how to get it done, When I need to get it done.
0: For specifics, she was talking about how she has lettuce that's already up, which is great. We've had a couple really nice warm days. Her lettuce is up, but we're looking at a freeze tomorrow. So what are we going to do to keep that stuff alive? She put She's covering it. Will it work? We'll let you know. Yeah. I've got a plan, and it's a plan I've pulled off the web, and you
1: know how it is on the web. Some things work, some things don't. Yeah. So the stuff I talk about it is stuff I've at least tried and know works.
0: But, and that's a key point which you just said, you know what you pull off the web, some things work and some things don't. Well, how do you know? You try them. You do them. You develop skills. You develop uh, systems, which is part of skills, is develop your own system. How about map reading? Map reading is huge. Not, actually, not, 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 oh, use my phone, but and map reading. I'm physical. not even
1: talking the wilderness-orienteering stuff, no, which is more
0: difficult. To, just How to get to a Luxembourg from here. <laughs> when your phone and your GPS isn't helping. A lot that's, of people can't read a, just a basic roadmap anymore. Yeah, They just don't know how. And if you do, well, it's a skill that you need to develop. So that's a good skill. There's all kinds of skills we can talk about, but we're not going to in this particular thing. We'll keep, That's why we do articles every day on 3BY, we're talking about skills.
1: Yeah, we might as well segue into just a uh, brief hello to one of the other cheap but not free preps. Unless you're apartment dweller, some people can't do it. Some people can. Even if you live in an apartment, sometimes there's a community garden. Uh, developing a garden actually provides some food. It costs a little bit, but it provides some food in addition to providing skill development and learning. So it's something that is usually worth the investment, even if you don't have a heck of a lot to invest. I'm not going to run this into the ground because we've been doing a lot of articles lately
0: on how to garden and why to garden, but it deserved to be on the list. Now, you're going to laugh. She won't laugh because she'll think it's a pretty good idea. But another option to learn how to garden... If, you don't, if you're don't, if you an apartment dweller, you don't have an apartment, or you don't have a garden yourself, you have no space, is to find a friend with a garden and help them out. Oh, yeah. It's a great way. And first, they're going to love you for it. Second, they're probably going to give you some of the stuff.
1: Yeah, most gardeners will share, because at the beginning and end of the season, they might be, Ah, eh, I really want this. Your first tomatoes, you don't want to give away your first tomatoes of the season. But then a week later, when you got more than you need, somebody's been helping you out, you'll fix them right up. And then two weeks later, you'll start hiding tomatoes on people's porches.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not, that we're, not that we've ever done that. We lied. We lied, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, something that it's, it's an option. But gardening, I think everybody needs to know how to do some basic gardening. I just think it's a, it's a skill that every person should have.
1: Important skill. Here's another free one. And this is for everybody who does not live alone or does not intend to live alone after an emergency a concrete reconnection plan that everybody that you want to reconnect with knows what it is, knows how to do it. All of a sudden, the cell phones aren't working. Where do you find your people? Where are you going to meet your people if you cannot get in touch with each other? Where's your backup plan if you can't meet there? A reconnection plan. Uh, We have actually used these several times in the past. Because we go on adventures, and sometimes we split up on the adventures. And before we split up, it's always, okay, if plan A doesn't work, this is plan B. If plan B doesn't work, this is plan C. And we've had some failures and had to fall back on, I think we've had to go to plan C once or twice. We've had to go to plan B several times. When one of us planned to do a trail and the trail wasn't through anymore, well, I think I'll go back to plan B now.
0: Yeah, that's happened several times. Um, You know, and, and people, especially, and I'm not trying to get down on city people, but especially city people, expect cell phones to always be there. In rural areas, they are not always there. Your cell phone may not work.
1: During crises in cities, they are often not because the system gets overwhelmed and crashes on you. Right. That's when it most failures most happen often in cities is during emergencies.
0: So you can't you cannot depend on the cell phones. You yeah, just, they just can't. They just fail a lot more for us out here in the boonies where you don't have good coverage everywhere. So yeah, like we'll, just, we'll be going somewhere and we'll know, you know, our our responsibility is to be here, be here, be here and if all else fails, we will meet here. You know, and with us, that is where we started. If we're going on a bike ride or a trail ride or something like that. Yeah. Worst case scenario, go back to where you started.
1: Because everybody knows how to get there everybody and everybody kno- knows the road back to there is unbroken. Right.
0: And there's also another part of planning that we that I take in mind. It's can you get there from here?
1: Think and about you need points to, like
0: you, bridges. You don't need to know every left turn and right turn of everywhere you're ever going to go. But you do need to know if you can get there from here. For example, I know where the place is. Our place out in the country. Our place out in the country. And I know where she works. But I also know which roads flood and how much rain it takes for each one of these roads to go under. Now, you may not need to know that unless it's a place that you live. She may be staying out at the place for several days. I need to be able to know, can I get there from here? If it really starts to rain and I need to go pick her up, what is the route I'm going to have to take to get there? I need to know these things because she is out there and I'm here another you know another consideration that you have to do is is stuff like oh yeah I'm just going to drive the I'm going to drive the pickup truck to the back of the place right I'm going to drive it back there to the back of the long clearing yeah. and then I get it stuck how do I get home how am I going to get home unless we have another vehicle there I don't know how I'm going to get home So that's why I don't do it. You have to stop and think ahead of, is this a wise decision? Will this keep me from, the military calls it lines of communication. And it doesn't necessarily mean ways to talk, but it's ways to supply yourself, ways to retreat if you need to retreat. You got to learn lines of communication. And part of that is everybody needs to be on the same page.
1: Strategies win battles, logistics win wars, is what they tell me. Yep. So,
0: uh,
1: one uh, also on our list, also free, have a plan for hygiene. If water and sewer go out, or if electricity goes out for several days, did you know the sewer plants actually stop processing sewage? And when they stop processing sewage... Things don't flush anymore, even if you got water to push them from the top. They're not going anywhere. If you don't know how to close off the sewage pipes that lead lead back into your house, you're liable to have a backup from the community sewer system into your house, which can flood houses with raw sewage, and that's just disgusting. Um, So knowing how to shut off the community system if the power's been out for, I don't know, more than a day or two days and figure out what you're going to do with the wastes is worth doing because it's going to be a problem.
0: Yeah, I mean, knowing things like like this, okay, I happen to know we live on a hill, which I highly recommend always living on a hill (laughs) because you don't get flooded if you live on a hill. And I do happen to know that in our situation, um, environmentally, it would be very bad for us to continue to use our flush toilet system after the uh, sewage treatment plant went down. But it would still work because we live on a hill and it's downhill from us. And there are no lift stations between us and them. So I know our toilet would be keep working. However, what will happen is it will overflow and go into the creek.
1: And then everybody who's drawing water from there had better
0: be using their water filtration system. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. Don't draw water from there <laughs> in an emergency. Not that we would, because if we had to, if worst came to worse, uh, we have two community lakes nearby within a mile and a half. And we have plenty of ways to get lots of water back and forth between the two. And there are ponds and yada, yada, yada. We have alternate plans. Here's a, here's a freebie. Here's a freebie. Look around your neighborhood and look for resources. Know where the ponds are. Know where the creeks are. Just start paying attention to these things. If you're looking at ponds, pay
1: attention to how much fertilizer and stuff they're putting onto the ground in its near vicinity. Uh, Ponds in golf courses, for example, are toxic. Don't use Because of all the stuff they dump on the... On the greens, to keep the greens nice.
0: I have a friend who does, uh, who does diving, and he's a golf ball diver. And he wears a full hazmat suit when he does it. I mean, he's got a full hazmat dry suit, a full rubberized everything. And he has uh, a literally a spray-down system to spray him down after he goes in for them. That, that you know, golf course stuff. It may look green and pretty, but that water is nasty.
1: And the last one on our list for today: some extra food is not hard to acquire. Food is not that expensive. You can buy a little bit extra every time you're grocery shopping, and it stocks up over time. And that way, you're buying stuff you eat, and you're—it's not going to be waste. Because you, well, you're gonna be able to eat it as long as you keep rotating your stock so it stays good. It's not a uh, lost cause. It's not a lost investment. Even if you don't need it for an emergency, you could. You're gonna eat it eventually anyway.
0: Right, and there's some stuff that you can, that you can work around, and you learn how to. Okay, once this is not prime food anymore, even if you bought too much, you can you can adjust. And use it in different ways. For example, uh, I like to keep a lot of of crackers around because I use them, I eat them. And crackers in our part of the country where we have high humidity, they can get really stale quickly. But we've learned all you have to do to freshen them back up, in fact, this makes them even better than original, is to stick them in the dehydrator for a couple hours. And if you have something going in the dehydrator already, which we do a lot of the year, In the summer, you know, and there's an extra tray or two, just stick some crackers in there and it keeps them wide open. Um, There's all kinds of food, but you have to kind of watch what you're doing. You should know what shelf life is and what realistic shelf life is. Some things have really good shelf life and some things don't have that much. For example, uh, you might be surprised, you know, if you like ramen noodles, they're very cheap, they're high calorie. Well, relatively speaking. Concentrated calories. Concentrated calories. They're not super high calorie, but they're very, very, very cheap. And you think, oh, this is great. I'll get a whole case of these and store these for years. No, you won't because they're high fat and the fat will deteriorate. And it makes the noodles rancid. Yeah. And that's just... Another thing that you have to watch out for is uh, things like cornbread, cornmeal. Anything that becomes a meal... Or a flour, it I mean, oxidizes a lot yeah. faster. Yes, it does. So when we store, we store hard red wheat, and we grind it ourselves. First of all, it's a very cheap way to get to get flour, uh, flour, and it's, whole grain flour. Yeah, especially if you can do it where you live in a city that has a place that you can get the buckets without having to pay the shipping on them. It's a Very very cheap way to do this. Buy the actual hard wheat, fifty pound bag, and do it yourself. Or even if you're not doing that, you can go to a place like one of the places that I have heard a lot about. I have not gone to because there's nowhere there's not any anywhere around us. Is the um, uh, preparation places for the uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints? They uh, the church is uh, part of their belief system involves storing food. And they have a very efficient, very uh, very well-done food storage system. And then it's open to the public. They'll gladly, they'll gladly let you come in there and work with them.
1: It also so, might be worth investing in a few uh, mason jars. Yes. And some lids and a vacuum uh, air evacuation system for them. Because then you can buy foods in bulk when they're really cheap, uh, dehydrate the excess, or if it's something that's already naturally dehydrated like oats. You buy a whole bunch of oatmeal when oatmeal is dead cheap, put a bunch of it in the jars, air evacuate
0: them, set them in the dark. Now they're good for a very, very long time. The jars are, there's a little bit of expense there. And you got the lids and there's a little bit of expense there. Sometimes they're reusable, sometimes they're not. Um, one thing to keep in mind though we're not talking about a huge thing we're, we're talking about a food saver here. We're talking about a $50 item or less with the little can saver lid. Now we have we highly recommend if you're gonna do this to use the wide mouth jars just because they're much easier to use. A lot easier to get stuff out of yeah uh, but that's you know that's a personal choice. There's also the mylar and the and the uh, I mean vacuum sealing is a, is, a, is a relatively cheap. But very effective way to make your stuff last longer. Just yeah, you have and an idea. Reduces of, the cost because you can buy in bulk. Have an idea of what it is that you're trying to, uh, what you eat, and then store what you eat. But just buy an extra jar, buy an extra two jars, buy an extra can, and buy build it up. Just but a bigger container. It's very and then store in, the excess. Very key and important to rotate that. Now, we have these fancy rotating can systems that we use. You don't have to have that. But they really they really work really well, you know? You, you could do some
1: skill development by looking at how they're put together and making your own if you Absolutely. were so inclined.
0: Or you can just take a take a marker and mark the top of your cans when to eat it by. If you just set a shelf out from the wall a little bit so you can get behind it.
1: And make a habit of putting food on the backside and pulling it out the front side. That's a cheap answer and a free effective answer. answer.
0: Free answer. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just a it's something that you can certainly do. And it's very it's not free, but then again, you're going to eat it anyway. So it's not like you're spending money you wouldn't otherwise spend because you will be in it. Uh, and uh, that that's a prep that helps you for. Any prepping situation short of your house burning down, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get on one of my, what am, I, uh, what am I preaching here. You ready for me to preach? Go for it. Make sure you have good fire insurance, and if you are a renter, make sure you have rental insurance. I don't know how many people over the years that I've covered uh, fire in the. As As a a part of the media, and they weren't insured. It's ridiculous. It's not expensive to get renter's insurance. It's not.
1: I work, uh, volunteer for the Red Cross, and those are the people we're giving emergency aid to because they lost everything in a fire and they didn't have fire insurance, and now they've got nothing. And renter's insurance is cheap. Cheap.
0: So that's just, uh, and I don't sell insurance, I'm not an insurance salesman. Uh, at all, <laughs> no, no, far from it, uh, particularly like most insurance companies, but that is one that I think you're just crazy if you don't have, because which is more likely to happen? Some idiot in the apartment next to you has a grease fire and it, it wipes out the top floor or zombies rise from the grave. Okay. And people are out there literally, literally prepping for zombies rising from the grave, not understanding that it's a metaphor. Okay? (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think we're going to wrap it on this one. That's plenty you can do with very little money. All right. Have at. We'll talk to you later.